Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. This holiday season, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow with Fidelity Mutual Funds. Ask your financial advisor or visit fidelity.ca. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Nikki, running back for the University of Alberta Golden Bears, has won the Heck Crichton Trophy as the best player in Canadian university football. Hard to argue with what he did. 1,468 rushing yards in eight games in the regular season. He averaged 7.5 yards per carry. He scored 11 touchdowns, and I do expect we will connect with Ilniki before the end of the show tonight. We're with you until 8 o'clock. First Golden Bear to win the Heck Crichton since Brian Fryer in 1975. Only the third all-time to win it. Mel Smith won it in 1971. Congratulations to Olnicki, who's been a uh, very well-spoken and popular guest on this show over the years, and we're gonna we will likely get him on tonight in about half an hour. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is our open line. You can also text six thirty six thirty. No NHL games tonight. Football this evening. No score late in the first quarter between the Giants and Washington. Earlier today, the L.A. Chargers hammered Dallas 28-6. The Vikings improved to 9-2 by beating the Detroit Lions 30-23. Well, great cup coming up on Sunday, Toronto and Calgary. We had a great chat with Brian Hall in the last half hour, and this man used to chat with Brian Hall on a regular basis when he played for the Eskimos, former offensive lineman, three-time great cup champion, Rod Connup. Rod, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I know it's hard to follow Brian Hall, but I figured if anybody could do it, it'd be you. I I don't know about that. I uh, I have uh, I have a few Brian Hall stories that uh, maybe not for tonight, but uh, at some point I can tell them. <laughs> you, well, you got to tell. Is there one you could tell on air? <laughs> uh, you know what? They they all require sort of an imitation at the same time, so it's hard to. It's really not a radio uh, uh, is is not the right venue to do Brian Hall. All right. Well, someday we'll bring you in and we'll videotape it for YouTube. That that'll be fun. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Rod, thanks a lot for checking in uh, tonight. Always good to uh, connect with a guy who was a great Edmonton Eskimo. Before we uh, get into some football talk, let people know what are you up to these days. Well, I'm uh, I'm doing the same thing that I always did. I I, I came to Edmonton in '82 when uh, the was drafted me, and I started in a career in commercial real estate in 1989-90. Uh, so I spent my last seven eight years uh, mixing two careers, and I just I was fortunate. I stepped seamlessly into uh, the uh, the follow up career when I hung up the uh, the football career. 
All right. Well, that's I, pretty. I, I just I, I I just celebrated my or I just reached my twenty fourth anniversary with uh, the company I work for, Collier's Macaulay Nichols. Oh wow! Well, that's incredible. Now, yeah. didn't you yeah. uh, didn't you grow up in BC and then was it uh, Ontario? You played football or what was the progression yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, I was I was born in BC, sort of grew up on the North Shore, and uh, um, but my dad got transferred to Toronto when I was about thirteen, fourteen years old, and so I uh, high school and um, and university were all in Toronto. Okay, what was the? Uh, give me a sense of the the amateur football, the minor football, and the in the uh, high school uh, football scene in Toronto. I mean, obviously, it's an incredibly densely populated area, and as a result, uh, sometimes uh, you know there's often a lot of good young athletes in that area. Yeah, actually, uh, when I was in, uh, when I was in high school, we were starting to see the beginning of of uh, Toronto area high school athletes getting uh, offered NCAA scholarships, getting a chance to. Uh, you know, head south of the border. It, it, it was a rare uh, uh, occurrence, but it was, I think that was sort of the start of it. And uh, now I think that the Metro Toronto area is probably an absolute go-to recruiting zone for most major schools. Uh, there's a number of really impressive uh, football players and, and basketball players, of course, that have come out of that, uh, that area. I'm curious if you were always an offensive lineman, Rod, because it surprises me how often I interview a, a pro football player or an ex-pro, and they say, no, 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 I started off on the other side of the ball, or, or I became a running back, but I was a, a slot back at first. What, were you always on the O-line, or, or where did you start? No, no I, I would tell the same story. Um, I, I would say, you know, I started playing football when I was 10 or 11 years old, and, and I would always cross over to the O-line at some point, uh, you know, maybe O-line would be someplace I'd get plugged in if I was in my first year of sort of a three-year age group. And then, uh, you know, you kind of finish up uh, playing somewhere else because that's always what you thought you wanted to do, play defensive end or, uh, you know, lots of offensive linemen were an obsolete position in Canada now, but we were receivers, we were tight ends, that sort of thing. And and that's that's what I did in when I, my first year of university even. I was a receiver, believe it or not. Um, but... Um, yeah, it, the O line was there from the very beginning, and uh, probably every second or third year, I was always playing a season on the offensive line. So, uh, I think I was in junior football the first time I ever played center. Oh wow! Okay, Rod Connup joining us inside sports on six thirty. Chet, three-time Grey Cup champion, played for the Eskimos from eighty-two to ninety-seven. So you were uh, a member of the eighty-two team, the last of the five in a row. I was pretty young, Rod, so I don't remember your, your contributions to that team. I remember watching them, but I don't remember you specifically until I got into my teens. What was it like joining a team that had already won four in a row, and, and did you did you get to jump in and play quite a bit? Oh, yeah. yeah it, well, first of all, it was exciting, but it was intimidating, and, I, and there was no part of me that thought I would be there at the end of training camp. I just figured I'd be coming out for some experience and maybe come back a second year. But uh, you know, it turned out it was. I got there at a point where they were actually looking for. Uh, there was a there was an opening on the offensive line, and um, I was a slow learner. I'll say that uh, it, it, they didn't even take me to the first uh, uh, exhibition game because I wasn't ready. Um, so when the season started, I was on the roster, but I was a backup, and uh, that was a year that um, uh, the Eskimos struggled a little bit coming out of the gates. And I think we at one point we were three and five, and. Um, they shook it up and they inserted me into the into the starting lineup, and I spent the rest of the year through the playoffs, starting at left guard, and um, uh, we won a great cup. 
it turned out really and, it, and not only did we win a great cup but we beat the toronto argonauts at home in toronto so i came from toronto got to beat the hometown team in their own backyard well, that's pretty incredible. So obviously you uh, you also won in 87 and 93. You were with the Eskimos until 1997. You played 210 consecutive games, which is a mind-boggling number in a sport like football, and you're playing an offensive line where you're in a collision about 70 times per game, uh, maybe more. Yeah. What was the yeah. closest you ever came to missing a game? Uh, well, there was a few. I, I, I played 210 in a row. I, I missed six games out of 310 possible games I could have played. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, there was probably two or three games I shouldn't have played. Uh, I thought I could get through the game, and, you know, by the end of the first quarter, I was taking a spot in the bench because the injury just wasn't going to let me go. So that, that 210 in a row record, uh, I'm pretty proud of it because for the most part, I started and I played the entire game uh, out of those 210 games, but there were probably two games in there where I probably should have missed the game and that streak would have broke, been broken. Was was it illness or was it a, a pain-related injury? No, they were they were uh, usually uh, uh, leg-related uh, injuries, you know, a, a knee or a, an ankle sort of thing. But um, it funny thing is that the 210 in a row ended because of an illness. Uh, I got I got pneumonia and ended up in the hospital for uh, a week, so I couldn't, oh, couldn't 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 get out in the field that time. Rod Connup joining us on Inside Sports tonight, former Edmonton Eskimo. So, uh, you know, I look back through that era. Obviously, the Eskimos were dominant. I think it was uh, Winnipeg that wound up uh, eliminating you guys from the playoffs after the five in a row ended, I think three years in a row. You lost a Grey Cup to Hamilton. You won one against Toronto. Uh, You wound up playing Winnipeg then in the Grey Cup in 93. Flutie came into the league. Um, do you have a team you identified as as a chief rival while you played? Like, is is it as simple to say that that it was Calgary, or maybe were there some other yeah. battles that you remember? Uh, it, it it would be Calgary, and it, it, it'd be fair to say that in the in the early part of my career, it would have been Winnipeg. They were a very good team uh, at that time. But um, if I look back and just generalize, I'm going to say it's Calgary. It was uh, we had good teams. Year after year, uh, Calgary had Doug Flutie, and that was um, a real, you know, uh, challenge for us because you knew that he, he was a magic man. He was he made that team brave. He made them confident. They had lots of other talent. They had some great defensive players as well. So um, it, it was something special when we would knock off Calgary in the Western Final uh, back in '93, uh, '96, and. Uh, I think there was one other time in there as well, but uh, those were uh, those were tough uh, tough battles. They were a very good team for all, the entire 1990s. Rod, I mean, we started at the beginning by you telling the story of how you stayed in Edmonton, and I, like I always knew a lot of Eskimos stayed in Edmonton or Northern Alberta, but even as I've yeah. I've gotten to do this job, I found out more and more how many there are. I mean, I had Randy Spencer in a few months ago. Jed Roberts have come, uh, has come in. I mean, obviously, people know Sean Fleming has uh, stayed in town. Like, there's there's so many guys. Mookie Mitchell, you know, works with uh, you know troubled uh, troubled youth and helps people get get help them get their lives back on track. So many people have stayed around give me a like do you still feel a strong connection with the team and and with the alumni because i've always you know got the impression uh the 
alumni is always important. Maybe some regimes of the Eskimos um, have maybe been more open to having you guys around than others. How is the the yeah. connection for you and the alumni? Um, you know what? I I probably disappoint the alumni a little bit because I've uh, I, I I could get more involved and. Uh, um, I try to step up with uh, with, with sponsorships and, and that sort of thing, but I, I probably could have spent more time over the last decade uh, in the actual meeting room uh, helping them uh, plan whatever events and, and that sort of thing is. But they've got some really strong people that uh, make the uh, the Edmonton Eskimo alumni, I think, uh, stand out over perhaps some of the other ones. I think there's a lot of good uh, alumni. They're all starting to learn from each other, the, the organizations. But... Um, uh, it, I, I think they do a great job. Uh, there's quite a story to be told about the uh, the funds that the alumni have been able to raise and and continue to control and what they what they're able to do in the community with that. Um, and um, kudos for the the real leaders in, in the alumni uh, uh, group for, for for driving it forward. But I I think there's a couple of guys that would tell you that Edmonton's been the example that's. Uh, now allowed uh, some of the other uh, CFL teams to build really strong alumni organizations. Oh, Rod, I often ask this of, of, of ex-players. W- when you look at the CFL nowadays, do you say, yep, that's the same game I played, or do you say, wow, that this thing has evolved and it's different? Uh, probably both, to tell you the truth. Right. I, I, believe, I believe the game the, 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 the game's relatively simple. Um what happens is uh, it cycles through trends, if you will. Um, you, you know, you'll see the CFL with a strong running approach uh, to offense, and I believe that offense leads to trends, and defense reacts and then shuts it down, and then offense has to change again, and then defense has to then follow what happens. So, um, <clears throat> and probably as I was exiting, you know, you started to see the the, the multiple receiver packs is is the era of the running back sort of left and then then it kind of came back there was mike pringle was a great running back and that was not back in the george reed days that was uh, far more recent than that so but what what happens basically is uh there's only so many uh systems or ways you can run a play or defend and um offense i believe uh sets it up decides which way it's going to go and figures a way to be successful and then defenses figure out how to shut it down and it's it's not like a season to see, or a, a, this doesn't happen within the season. It's sort of over maybe even four, five, six-year cycles. All right, Rod, one more, which is another standard one I have. Rod Connup, former Edmonton Eskimo, joining us. Uh, th- some guys answer this one really quickly. Some guys need to think, who was the best player you ever played with and who was the best player you ever played against? Okay, um... I probably got to put two uh, uh, two names for the best player I ever played with, uh, Warren Moon. Um, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, when I was uh, that rookie, and Warren was the quarterback, all I felt like is I just needed not to screw up because if if I didn't screw up the play, Warren Moon was going to win the game for us. And um, he had some good uh, weapons, but he was uh, he was special, and I think he went and proved that in the in the years to follow. Um, the other one I, I'll tell you um, is Giz. Uh, now, Giz isn't easy to categorize because um, he was a returner. Um, you know, he did some receiving, but but um, he should have been uh, 
should have been starting in the NFL the entire time he was with us. He was uh, he was a pretty special athlete. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as far as the toughest one I ever played against, there's a long list of those guys, um, all defensive linemen. Right. Uh, some of the some of the key ones. There was uh, surprisingly, I, I played against lots of 300 pound defensive tackles that uh, <laughs> could uh, bench press me across the room, but. <laughs> The toughest ones were the undersized guys that were cat quick, like Gerald Bayless was uh, a very tough guy. And in my last couple of years, there was a guy named Rob Waldrop who won the uh, whatever the equivalent is in the NCAA of Lineman of the Year out of Arizona. He, he was a tough player as well. Rod, I hope we can do this again. It was great talking to you. Thanks for sharing some memories. I, 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 I didn't even ask for a prediction for for this Sunday. I won't put you on the spot since we're short for time. Well, you know what? Let me. <laughs> I said last year to anybody who asked me, I said there's nothing tougher than a team that has lost the Grey Cup and is back the next year. And and I thought I thought that Calgary was the better team last year, uh, but I thought that Ottawa would win because I just thought. And I would say the same thing. I just don't know. I I was very impressed with the Argos on on the weekend. That defense is good. They got a good running back, and they got a great quarterback. So they got they got all the things that you need. But but Calgary will be completely laser focused after what happened last year. And I I think they'll become the latest team that. Uh, loses one year and wins next year. Well, and I think they've been angry for two years because they were angry in 15 to go 14-4 and four and lose to the Eskimos. And then yeah. they, were, they were angry last year to lose to Ottawa. So, yeah, I think they're pretty focused. Yeah. Rod, thanks yeah. for coming on tonight. Let's right. keep in touch, okay? All right, thank you. Bye-bye. That is Rod Connup checking in, former Edmonton Eskimos offensive lineman. Great interview with him. 722 Inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight at 726. That was a great conversation with Rod Connop. We'll have to get him on again. And I want to remind you that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Beer, bourbon, and chicken. Order takeout or delivery for the hockey game at Skip the Dishes. They're at 124th Street and 107th Avenue. Try the Doritos Mac and Cheese. It's very good. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window. Kellen, should we, uh, you know, we could do something really nice here if you wanted to. I, I know I don't have that reputation of being overly kind. <laughs> Neither do I, but here but we go. We could do we could try to turn it around. Sure. We could try to turn it like, you know, like we could do it a month ahead of time. Let's not wait for the ghost to visit us on Christmas Eve, like Scrooge, to turn our lives around. Let's start with the kindness now, a okay. month ahead of time. Sure. So the ghosts don't have to visit us. They can go visit other curmudgeons. Turn the ship around. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Caller number three. You're going to get a pair of season passes for U of A hockey games. That's it. Two tickets to every remaining regular season Golden Bears hockey home game starting tomorrow. So if you're able to come in tomorrow and get the tickets, you can go see them play UBC tomorrow night and Saturday. Or if you can't come till next week, you still get all the games for the rest of the season. That's it's a heck like, of a deal. Yeah, I think it's like eight games total. Wow. So you'd still have six even if you can't go this weekend. Caller number three, 780-496-0063. That's a nice little giveaway. All right. Quickly here. James Wilder Jr. of the Argos, CFL Rookie of the Year. Winnipeg Stanley Bryant, top lineman. Roy Finch from the Stamps, outstanding special teams player. 
Alex Singleton from the Stamps, outstanding defensive player. Will Mike Riley win MOP? I can tell you that Adarius Bowman has won the Tom Pate Award for sportsmanship and community work. And Ed Ilnicki of the U of A Golden Bears has won the Heck Crichton as the top player in Canadian university sports. Oh, and just now as well, Mark Tressman of the Argos has won Coach of the Year in the CFL, beating out Dave Dickinson. I think we're going to connect with Ed Nicky when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So Darius Bowman wins the Tom Pate Award, CFL Awards in Ottawa. That's for sportsmanship and community service. We're keeping an eye on the CFL MOP. Will it be Mike Riley? I think it should. Mark Tressman from Toronto has just won the Coach of the Year. Also going on tonight, the University Football Awards, and I am pleased to tell you that the U of A's Ed Ilnicki has won the Heck Crichton as the best player in Canadian University football. Ed, welcome back to the show. How does that sound, buddy? Congratulations. <laughs> hey, Reed. Um, it really hasn't sunk in yet. It's unbelievable. Kind of had to take a breath and let things let things settle down here but no it's just it's what an honor to be a part of to just to be in the room watching hearing some of the statistics hearing some of the company that i've been a part of it's just it's something that i just can't even i can't even process it right now yeah i mean look i know all year long you were you were focused on the, the team getting into the playoffs which you guys did finally when did you start to think man i wonder if i have a chance to win this <laughs> um you know what it's something that you just want to put, I mean, like when you talk about these major awards, you look at the guys that have won it in the past, and for me to see guys from Can West win it in the past few years, it's just, you know, those guys put together a complete season, and they never let it waver for a single second how much they are, how hard they're going to work, or how much they're going to try and put on the field for every single game that they're out there. So I think that was my mindset throughout the year, even as, as uh, you hear the statistics pile up and you hear the yardage and all the things that we were able to do as an offense. And for me to be able to accomplish and for me to be credited for, all, as all those things continue to pile up, you just want to stay focused on the next play that's in front of you because uh, for, every guy that's, for every guy that's won that award, you know, eventually it comes to an end. So you want to get the most out of that uh, each and every snap that you can. Ed, can you name somebody who doesn't play or coach for the U of A Golden Bears football team who you most owe this award to? <laughs> Uh, it's my grandpa. It's my uh, my namesake, uh, Edward Elnicki, who is I, is my roommate. He's um, I've been living with him since my first year of university. My grandpa's 91 years old. He um, he's been living on his own since since uh, my grandmother passed away about 11 years ago. So when I moved in uh, at the start of my university career, it just it was something that it worked out really well because he was very close to where we do all of our training at South Campus, and it's really special to be able to get to share, share this kind of time together. And I know that he's back home, and he's very proud of everything that I've been able to accomplish. And I think this award means just as much to him as it does to me because he's been a, he's been a part of it every step of the way. Does he come to the home games? Yeah, absolutely he does. He's been at, 
He's been able to come to a lot of our away games, too, thanks to Coach Morris putting together the Charger Charter Program and getting us to fly out to a lot of our games. So he's been able to join me for a lot of that. So for a guy his age, he's been able to live one hell of a life so far, and I just hope he gets to continue to be a part of mine. Is he with you today? No, he wasn't able to make the trip out, but I was able to talk to him as soon as I uh, as soon as soon I received the award. And yeah, he was, very, he was very excited, for sure. What did he say? <laughs> He through the sobs. <laughs> he was very proud. He um he just said, he just said how proud he was and how much it should mean to me and how much I need to enjoy it because it's something that doesn't happen to very many people and I need to really cherish that. What is what have you learned most from your grandpa or how does he inspire you? Um, he's just taught me to love every single person that comes into your life and treat, treat everybody with just such a tremendous amount of respect and to get the most out of every every encounter you get. He's he's one of the kindest people I've ever met and has one of the best attitudes of anybody who I've ever, yeah, just like every situation. I've, I've never seen him down. Even even the times when he's been really sad, you know, it's just coming from a place that he's, he's so happy for what he's been able to accomplish and what he's been able to see. So it's just cherishing every single moment and every single encounter you get. Ed, I'm glad he's been able to see you play You've been a great guest on this show. You've been a great representative of the Golden Bears, and I'm also going to say of your family, and I think that a lot of that comes from your grandpa. Congratulations. Enjoy this moment. I know we'll keep in touch, but all the best. Thanks, Reed. I really appreciate it. That is Ed Olnicki checking in from Hamilton, the University Football Awards. He is the best in the country, the Heck Crichton winner. Over 1,600 yards from scrimmage in eight games. He had a game against Manitoba this season where he had 278 yards rushing and 63 yards receiving. And an incredible story about his connection with his grandfather, who he credits for that award. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Will Mike Riley win CFL MOP? We should find out before the end of the show at 8. Andrew Harris from Winnipeg is the top Canadian. Man, what an interview we just had with Ed Ilnicki, U of A Golden Bears running back. He wins the Heck Crichton as the best player in Canadian university football. Hey, the good stuff isn't done. How about former Eskimos kicker Dave Cutler on the line? Dave, how are you doing? Fantastic, man. We're, we're on the West Coast, and uh, you guys get snow, we get rain. Yeah. We, go to, we go to work in a boat. That's, that's right. So you can, neither one of us is golfing then, are we? No. Good God, no. <laughs> when was the last time you played this year? Uh, probably September. Okay, yeah. And I mean, you know, this, the weather here is phenomenal. It really is. It, it was, we had a great year, and I'm sure that there's lots of your listeners have, you know, been to the coast and know what it's like. And But you know what? I really miss Alberta. Like, we had a farm uh, just east of Edmonton, and uh, those are some of the greatest days for us. Where, how, where was your farm? Like, was it by another community or just outside the city? Ardrossan. Oh, nice. Just east of Ardrossan. Now, how did you how did you settle on that when you moved here? Um, well, you know, we didn't. 
I didn't uh, come to, you know, like we had two kids. And uh, so my wife would come out for, uh, you know, the first part of, of uh, the season until September and then take the kids back to school because as, um, as funny as it sounds, I never really did expect to um, to stay a long time. It was just because uh, there's always a faster gun and somebody better than you. So uh, we didn't uh, move out there. And I taught school on the coast for, uh, you know, December till June. And uh, then we had our third child. And um, so we just decided that, uh, you know, we're going to move to Edmonton and, you know, just go for it in Edmonton. So it was my ninth year we moved out. Oh, wow. And then, uh, and then we, so we bought a farm and uh, knew nothing about it. You know, we were, read a book called Five Acres and in Independence and, you know, we knew the difference between a red chicken and a white chicken, and that was about it. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about you. So you were always, you were kind of always convinced, like, what, this football thing isn't going to last very long, or some kid's going to yep. come along that'll kick yep. a 70-yard field goal? Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, because there's always there's always people better than you. And uh, so we didn't, uh, as a kid, my dad was Navy, and we moved all over the place. Like, I was in 13 schools as a kid, and uh, we didn't want our kids moving back and forth like that. Okay. And so we, we wanted them in one school. And, you know, and then uh, so we moved to, moved to Edmonton, and that's the way it was out there. It was great. What was the most you ever pushed in training camp? Do you remember? Um, probably my second year, uh, Peter Kemp, and he, uh, you know, he was from the previous year, and uh, you know they were just looking to make changes, and I was like I was his fear, just the way I was looking at uh, other guys coming to take me, and that was really the only time they ever brought anybody else in. So after. So, uh, yeah, until the you know my last year, and then uh, they brought in Tom Dixon, and um, you know that was the end for me. Right. Well, you won. Uh, I got to count here: one, two, three, four, five. You won six Grey Cups, so you did okay. CFL All Star yep. a couple times, so you did okay uh, in, in that regard. Uh, before I, I get some of your Grey Cup memories, I got to pass this along to you because I know you'll appreciate it. I had Brian Hall on the show earlier. Did you know? Oh my God! Did you know this is Halsey's sixtieth year covering the Grey Cup? Is that all? Oh <laughs> my uh, God! When when a when a guy can talk about uh, Ali Oop and Fred Flintstone in the same sentence, he's been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, we oh, all good for Halsey. That's good, man. Yeah, we give Hal- we we give uh, Halsey a hard time. You know, I've been listening to Halsey since I was a kid, and now working with him for uh, I don't know seven or eight years. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. He's never he's never been wrong, Dave. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, good on him. That's that's great. <laughs> well, he's done a lot for football in Edmonton. Well, he really has. It, uh, obviously, a legend in, in the broadcast booth, and, and called you guys a lot. And you, you must have done dozens, if not hundreds, of interviews with him over the years. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. No, he uh, was—he was just a good guy. He was big for football. Dave Cutler joining us on Inside Sports, former kicker with the Edmonton Eskimos, mentioned six-time Grey Cup champion. So this this week for this week for the players, Dave, and you would have been through this week obviously a few times. What was it like? Was it, I mean, was it distracting, or was it easy to focus? Because you're often in a, in, a, in a different city, and, and it's all about football. Or, or what do you remember about the lead up to the game? 
Well, I th- you know, there's basically two kinds of people going to the Grey Cup, the guys that have been there and the guys that haven't. And the guys that have never been there, and if you're on a team that hasn't been, it's been a long time since you've gone to the Grey Cup, uh, you can get swallowed up by the, the festivities and all the stuff that's going on. And, I mean, it's a ton. I mean, it is a party from Wednesday on. And, um, you know, if you if guys want to get mixed up in that, they uh, they can... They can get down a, uh, a road that they don't want to go to. And, uh, you know, they stop thinking about the game and stop thinking about uh, why they got there, how they got there, et cetera, et cetera. And so they, there's a real trap there. And so, like, normally during a week leading up to a game, it's the same kind of tempo. It does, you know, whether it's June, July, August, September, it's the same kind of thing leading up to a game. But when it's the Grey Cup, uh, it changes big time because um, when you win the game on on uh, Sunday if you're in the west you're on the road Tuesday so everything the tempo and the rhythm is all is all uh, changed and so the your mental clock changes and so all these things can can lead you away from what you've got to do when you get there so well I love how you mentioned your mental clock changes and confidence and routine are a big part of football and I mean I guess as a kicker you're kind of like you have a very specific thing and a very specific routine right so how did you make sure you kept everything balanced in terms of your profession well it 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 was the same you know for any position you know going into that game but the the thing that really helped us like you see we we lost uh, let's see 73 it's we lost two great cups before we won one, mm-hmm. and and why we we won finally the third time that we went was that you know we'd learned because it was basically the same team we we knew all the pitfalls, so when we went into the game we were treating it as an ordinary game, and an ordinary game you you know you got a much better chance of winning if you've uh, prepared yourself the right way. And most guys going in if they've never been to the great cup, uh, the preparation can be pretty devastating if they don't get there. When you, and I mean, everybody knows you made the kick at the end of the game in 1981. As as a kicker, and I know you were kicking from when you were a younger guy, but at, at what point did you really embrace that pressure or that responsibility that of all the hundreds of little moments there are in a game, it could come down to something right at the end if if you can perform your task. I mean, did did, did you have to miss a few before you really uh, embraced that pressure, or how did you deal with that? The uh, what really changed for me was when Rokey came to town, and it you know, and this is regardless of whether it's a playoff game or it's just an ordinary game. And Wilkie was, um, he was the engine and the glue and the fuel that uh, ran our team. And everybody took on his uh, persona in terms of the way they they approached the game and approached each other. Because he was all about team and he was all, and the most completely unselfish guy I've ever met in my life. And from out of him and the way he acted and the way uh, each of us was starting to view as we grew older in the game was that um, pressure was the most uh, selfish emotion you can feel because it's your fear of your failure. And that's not what it's about. If a grenade rolls across the floor, you can't look at each other and say, I wonder who's going to get that. 
Okay, it's uh, there is no pressure when you're thinking about everybody else. Well, that's well said. Dave Cutler joining us on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, quickly before I let you go, uh, give me uh, give me 30 seconds on what you think of this weekend's matchup. Obviously, Calgary, I mean, they've been good for f- for five, six years. Um, just they've only been able to win it uh, win it once, and, and now they're trying to do it again after that discipline. They've they got to be fueled by last year's game still, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Uh, we lost, and then we lost twice in a row. And then when we finally did get into a game that, uh, you know, where we played well, um, a lot of it, most, I think Calgary is a pretty, probably the, a huge percentage of their team was there last year. And I think just from the fact that they were there, I think that it's going to give them a huge edge. Uh, athletically, I think they're, they're pretty close. Um, I think uh, quarterbacking, I think Ricky Ray, is a great quarterback and Bo Levi um, he's he's a great quarterback and I think he's no longer a young kid you know he's turned into just a great young quarterback and yeah, for sure. That is Dave Cutler checking in, likes Calgary's chances. I can tell you this, breaking news, Mike Riley, as we suspected, is indeed the most outstanding player in the Canadian Football League, first Eskimo to win it since Tracy Ham in 1989. Mike Riley, the most outstanding player in the Canadian Football League. Big day for the Eskimos, also a big day for the U of A Golden Bears. Ed Ilnicki, the heck Crichton top player in university football your gray cup report for shipper supply for over 42 years your source for boxes labels carts and more all available now or made to order visit shippersupply.com great show tonight dave cutler rod connor brian hall kelly rudy thanks to everybody who texted in i gotta tell you i like what the argos have done i want ricky ray to win I think Calgary's too good. I'm predicting a blowout, and I don't do that often. 43-18 for the Stampeders is the Wilkins call. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Mike Riley, CFL Most Outstanding Player. 3.30 tomorrow afternoon for the Faceoff Show. 5 o'clock drop of the puck. Oilers at Sabres. I'll talk to you then. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.